Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Ah, uh, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw us where you want to go. You know, and that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Uh, one of my favorites, Sam McEwen. The big wig over at whoo, Lee Enterprises. Sam is the man. <laughs> a lot of pressure, Sam. But per usual, I know you can handle it because you're the guy that came on this show, Coffee and Cream, oh, right around February 11th or so, 12th, whatever that Monday was, and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Nebraska can get to 14, 15 wins. And I looked at you and I go, they pull that off? I know, Sam, you saw Nebraska basketball winning five out of their last six, didn't you? <laughs> um, not exactly. <laughs> no, there's no way. But, but you did kind of say they would finish better than we thought. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought they might get to 14. Um maybe 15 but i i don't know i didn't i didn't think they would win yesterday um which i thought was pretty impressive honestly against a team that you know scores a lot of points and and uh yeah so i, I i'm still kind of scratching my head as they as to how they won yesterday but oh i know is, uh, right What's that? I like you looked at the offensive rebounds given mm. up, kind of the start Iowa or like how did they win that game? Hit a lot of threes. And they're they're really good on offense at this point. I mean they're they're tough. They're they're a tough team to to defend if they're gonna make if they make threes. They're they're one of the best offensive teams in the Big Ten right now with the group that they've got. Um yeah, Iowa's not a great defensive team. They they don't care that much about defense. <laughs> but um, I thought Nebraska played quite well yesterday. So you know, I, I I know they made a lot of mistakes yesterday, but they still. I mean, they they played well enough to win that game in, a, in an atmosphere that did not favor them. Uh, so you know, yeah, I mean, Fred Hoiberg's kept his job. Uh, he's he's good to go. Uh, might even have met the metrics. In fact, I think he probably did. I think he did. Did he get his money back? I think it's 
I think it's going to be uh, an interesting offseason. Uh, Chattel is going to write a little bit more about Fred today. I think either either today or later this week, he talked to Fred on Friday. Um, and there will be some more detail about the interest that other other players potentially have in, in Nebraska. So, I, I, I mean, obviously this is not a one-year deal. You you know they're not bringing a back. They're not bringing enough back uh, from last year's team to be able to just kind of do what they want to do. So they're going to have to figure out a few things along the way in terms of player transfers. Sam, I, I keep asking this question and I haven't gotten a satisfactory answer yet. So I'm hoping you can give me one. What from this year's team, which I, I think was better than many of us expected, or, or certainly better than I expected. What from this year's team translates moving forward? As you mentioned, they are moving a bunch of pieces. It's not like this is an NCAA tournament team, so you don't have that type of momentum going into next year. What do you see that you look at? Obviously, Hoiberg's going to be back, but what do you see that you look at that they've done this year that you think they can build off of moving forward considering what they lose? I think they've got an offensive identity. Um now people will talk about the defense and yeah i mean i i think i think they certainly do uh play harder defensively they they have a little bit more of an edge but i i feel like if you can find somebody you know similar to Derek walker as a scorer he doesn't necessarily have to be Derek walker as a passer i think you've got something a lot closer to a true identity i mean they're playing offense like they they know what they're doing and it took a while for Frank Weiberg's, you know, system to, to to work, but I think it's worked, and I think they've they've found some ways to get it done. Now, again, you've got to find some players to fit into that. Casey's return will be, in my opinion, important to that journey and that discussion, getting him back. But you know, if you can find some pieces that can get things done, I actually think they can improve on defense. I. I think with Blaze Keita having a full year of health, and I think Blaze has got two years left personally because I the COVID year is, didn't count. So if they can get Blaze to full health, I think you've got a really good defensive center right there, and better than than Walker, to be honest with you. But if you can find you know uh, some some pieces offensively, I think you can you can continue to have a defensive identity, and I think you can get you can maintain that on offense. And so I think you'd have, you know, in my opinion, a pretty, a pretty good team. Um, but again, that, that so much depends on the portal. We'll see how this season ends up. I mean, they play Minnesota. I actually think that's a difficult matchup. Minnesota has nothing to lose and they can score. You know, they can, they can score. They're, they're not very good defensively, at least not for 40 minutes. And so they got to beat Minnesota and then they play Maryland. And, you know, Maryland is, is, if, if Maryland's rested, they're going to be tough to beat because a lot of what happens with Maryland is they get tired. They, they run out of gas. They ran out of gas against Penn State. They don't have a ton of depth, but, you know, if they're if they got everybody and they, they, they get three, four days off, I think they're going to be tough to beat. And then I believe Indiana is the team after that. Nebraska does not match up well with the Hoosiers at all. So, you know, they'd have to win three – uh, down there to make an NCAA tournament case, and I think they probably would have to win uh, four or five. Sam, let me ask you something, because 
Um, we've, we've been having this conversation for a couple years now about can and should expectation levels be fluid, even though we start out with some whatever the basic premise is, mm-hmm. right? I look at Big Ten wrestling. I look at Nebraska. I look at the conference they participate in, and I look at baseball, the Big Ten conference, and the conference they participate in. Who had the better weekend, in your opinion? Uh, between those two programs? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think wrestling had a good weekend. You know, I'm sure they're disappointed that Rob didn't win the Big Ten title. I wish that would have uh, been scored differently in the first period, Sam, but I hate to be sure. an officiating guy. I really do. But that takedown gets called correctly, and I and maybe we're not having this conversation. Yeah, I think that's possible. Uh, wrestling is is a tough sport to score. and, and It uh, really is. You know, oh, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to score. And the sport at the collegiate level, as incredible as it is, they've got to find a way to to, to juice it with more scoring. I, I, you know, otherwise the sport just kind of stays where it's at. So I don't, I don't know if they, if they, la- you know, if they relax the rules or whatever they're going to have to do, but it, it kind of just stays where it is at this point because the, the wrestlers are so good at being defensive that it's it just almost impossible to score. So you don't have a lot of upsets and a lot of fluidity, although Rob did lose. Um, baseball had a good weekend and yeah, they beat Vanderbilt and that's a big deal. Um, you know, by the time they get to Sunday, Ole Miss is deep into Nebraska's rotation and, you know, I think uh, the Huskers weren't able to win that one, but, you know, they, they beat Vanderbilt. That's a very big deal. That's a, that's a gift that will keep on giving. I think Vanderbilt's a very good team. Not a great hitting team, but very good pitching. And so um, I think that'll that'll boost Nebraska's confidence. If you look at Nebraska's home schedule, the baseball team's home schedule, it's very weak. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games this year. The question was, were they going to win some games early um, that would justify the 40-win season? I think a sweep in South Alabama, however good they are, and then that, uh, that win over Vanderbilt will travel really well. So um, I think baseball probably had the better weekend, even though the wrestling team had a great weekend and they might be the number three team in the country. Um, you know, I think baseball probably had a slightly better weekend. Sam, does this weekend change your, you know, DB was talking about expectations. Does it change your expectations at all for Nebraska baseball or is there just a nice confidence booster moving forward? It does not change a lot. Um, you know, I think Maryland losing three this weekend. They're the favorite, probably, in the in the league, and they didn't compete very well at the Cambria Classic. Uh, so, you know, I think there's um, there's a little bit of glimmer of light there. But I think the Big Ten is, is more competitive and more difficult than Nebraska baseball fans, and sometimes Nebraska baseball media make it out to be. Um, you have to go beat the teams that know you the best, even though those teams aren't necessarily very good consistently. Um, they, they've scouted you for years, so they know you. And so it's harder to beat those teams. So I think Nebraska's goal number one is to, you know, make the Big Ten tournament in Omaha, which they didn't even do last year. And its goal number two is to, you know, put itself in position for an at-large bid before it even goes to the Big Ten tournament. Goal number three is to win the Big Ten. And they have a chance of doing all three. And I think that's where they need that. So that would be my expectations for that. Hey, Sam, and our weekly it's become daily and i don't know if if you and i are on the same page on this or not but 
I haven't been. Um, uh, I'm cautious on putting toes in the water with Dylan Rayola, and I'm not saying I know anything more or less than anybody else does. I just have been very reluctant. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that believes he's done the silent commit thing. I'm not. I don't. I, I think it's a 50-50 deal. And right now, we've seen some crystal balls as of late this over this weekend. And in particular from Steve Wilfong, who has now crystal balled Dylan Rayola to Southern Cal. I'm not even a big crystal ball guy. I look at some of my own kids' percentages, and I'm like, they're making this up. So, right. like, where are you, right? I know you're a context clues guy. You appreciate good deductive reasoning. Where are you with – because I think I'm in the minority, no pun intended. I'm not one of the local guys that's like – Shoot, I think I'm one of the few that's not. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't think it's any foregone conclusion at all. Oh, no, no, no. I I do think it's between two schools. I I don't think Georgia's going to, it's really in the mix. Hey, did Uh, you see how he teased us this weekend, though, with, with, Texting or tweeting back with his his buddy that was uh he was like hashtag go dogs with the Georgia emblem yeah. I'm like it doesn't yeah. seem like Dylan but I think he's messing with us. Mm. Yeah, uh, I would say it's USC or Nebraska, and you know the the, the case is very clear. Um, and I'll write about this more at some point. I'll, I'll tell you what, one thing I don't have is a bunch of inside knowledge on this. I'm just I'm just reading it based on following and covering recruiting for 15 years and just the logic that I've drawn from it over the years. So this isn't like, just so you know, like I'm not going to give you some sort of weird cryptic answer. Um, I am saying that I think it's between those two schools and this, and, and the, the choices are pretty clear. If, 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 if you want an incredible college experience without being certain that you're going to win Heisman's without being certain that you're going to go first in the NFL draft, but being pretty confident that you're going to play for a team that's going to win some football games, then you pick Nebraska. Um, he's, everybody's going to know who, he's, who he is here. I think people are going to like him a lot. He's a likable kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's got a good coach, um, and I think they're going to get better. And what, what that looks like, I don't know, but it, you know, it could be 8-4, it could be 9-3. Uh, it could be, you know, playing, winning some games people don't expect you to win, beating Michigan in 2025 or whatever. I don't know who they play in 2025. <laughs> but, you know, uh, something like that and, and, and kind of getting this thing going again. Kind of what they thought Adrian was going to do, even though he had the wrong coach. You could do that, and I think he would have an incredible experience here. Um, I think there's a real chance for that. I think if you ask Tommy Armstrong what his experience that was at Nebraska, yeah, there were some odd situations and ups and downs, but you shoot. I mean, Tommy was, you know, he was he was a quarterback in Nebraska football for three years. I mean, I, he, he didn't really complain that much. Four years. Um, the flip side of the coin is USC. And, and, and in USC, you're going to win a Heisman Trophy, and you're going to be the first pick of the draft. I don't – now, this is where people will go back and forth with me, and they'll disagree with me. Um, but I don't think he's going to be that big of a deal in Los Angeles. And somebody will tell me, well, you know, Los Angeles is, USC football is like the third biggest thing there. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> okay. It's not, but okay. And so, 
you know, I think if you want to go win a high school trophy and you want to go do that thing and be on TV a lot and be the guy and 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 have an NFL whatever, then that's where you go. And and so it's going to come down to those two things. Like I, and then Nebraska has to prepare itself for the possibility of getting real because that changes the conversation for Nebraska. You know, you 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 have to expect that if you land the number one player in the country, you're going to have to play the number one player in the country. So you know, I and mean, then those are. Those are things that both sides have to consider. That's my that's my breakdown of it, and I don't think it's going to change that much. Mm. Sam, have you allowed yourself to consider at all what your expectations would be if Dylan Rayola does end up at Nebraska? Because somebody asked me that question the other day, and it kind of took me by surprise that I, I realized – I hadn't even how thought few of, of people wa- actually watch his film. Well, not just that, but just I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about like, oh, what does that mean? Wins and losses. The whole thing for me has just been about, oh, is he going to get here or not? Have you allowed yourself to think about that at all? About like what the expectations would or should be if Nebraska does land the number one player in the country? Well, the way you would look at it is you would look at it like you would look at war in baseball. And so the fundamentals of Nebraska football will not be determined by the quarterback. Um, like, they, they, they could have a great quarterback and, and not be right in all the other areas where you got to be right, mm-hmm. and you're not going to magically win nine games. And so job one for Rule and his staff is to get those things right. That's line play, that's self-discipline, that's, you know, consistent competence in special teams, which last year they had, but they didn't have prior to that. Um, that that's the basic stuff. And, and I, for what it's worth, I believe Rule believes the same. I don't think he's, we're going to get the quarterback, we're going to throw it 42 times a game, and, and we're going to be Purdue. You know, like, that's not their vision. And so that part needs to be true regardless of who the quarterback is. But if that part becomes true and you suddenly get the quarterback – who can throw all the passes and, and make all some of those big angle throws possible, then you can go you can go into a double-digit win category. So his war kicks in, provided that he's surrounded by other pieces. Football is a weak link game. It's not a strong link game. And it's not an individual game. So Dylan Rayola does not exist in a bubble. And so he needs the weak links in Nebraska's program to get better for his strong link to matter. Sam, if you're taking a look at what you want to see happen this spring, and listen, you've done this a long time, how long, in your opinion, to validate what it is that you think about this football team, do position battles need to go on for you to be confirmed? Oh, that's a good question. It's a different way of asking it. Um Well, I think I think that to feel really good about where you are on on, on some of the line spots that I think you want a robust, um, lengthy competition at a, at a few positions. It, you know, I, if if Ty Robinson and Ben Scott lock down their spots, that that's fine with me. In fact, I think you need to decide a center pretty quickly because that becomes the vocal leader of that group, and so I think that's important. It's, it's important to establish who that player is going to be um, so that he can kind of lead him into the offseason. Simultaneously, I think Ty Robinson 
would be, you know, he decided to come back for another year. Um, it would be good to see him, uh, you know, solidified as, as a player. Um, at some of the other spots, you, you would hope it's in many ways ongoing. I, I would hope, given all of the players that Evan Cooper has in the secondary, that they're able to develop more uh, than just a handful of guys who can go. Um, so, you know, you, you want to hear that because that they, they, they have a lot of talent back there, or in theory they do, and you'd like to hear that the competition is robust. I think you want to hear that at running back. Although, again, what I'll be listening for at running back is are the guys that we thought were going to emerge last year, that is Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson, mm. progressing. Because I last year was a, was a conundrum to me. Mm. And you have all this positive talk about these two players who then never play. And, yeah, one of them was banged up a little bit, but it was very strange to me how it became a one-running-back team. And don't get me wrong, Anthony Grant, in my opinion, was the best one. But the fact that they weren't able to put other guys in and then, you know, in the Illinois game, Ramir Johnson gets that pass and he drops it and people are ticked off. But Ramir Johnson, that was like his first play of the game. And it was only like his seventh play of, of, of the last month. And so, you know, it's one of those deals where it's like the guy's not playing. You're asking him to go in on a spot and make one single play, and that's not easy to do. And so um, I'll be curious to watch at that position. I don't know. I, I, I wish I had more. We'll just have to see how the wide receiver stuff shakes out. I mean, we don't hmm. – I don't know that – maybe you, you you probably know more about this than I do. I don't know how the, the two guys that came back are doing. Uh, clearly talented players. Beth is obviously talented off the charts. Garcia Castaneda is talented, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure how that's going with them. We're going to talk to Rule today, and maybe he'll maybe he'll drop us a, a line there. We're, we're supposed to talk to – Thomas Fedoni, yeah, who's in, that's interesting. Uh, Sam, if he's play. healthy, if he's healthy, I'm just telling you, look the heck out. And you know, I don't get yeah. like that too often, yeah. right? Yeah, I've said I, very I, I little about Fedoni for three years. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if he stays healthy, get out of that man's way. That'd be good to hear. That'd be good to see. Um, and then Chief Borders is the other one talking. So, two guys that that. Uh, we know very little about. I mean, we know a little bit about Chief from his dad. Evan Bland wrote a story about his dad, and that was a really interesting story. Uh, but these are two guys that really haven't, you know, they haven't done anything for us. So um, maybe they'll give us some insight. Thomas can talk. You know, I don't know if he's going to be <laughs> laying out the entire offense I, I, this morning. Based he's, on if, if, he, if he's on his game, he's going to give you a little something, though. <laughs> well, he probably will. But that's, I mean, I just don't know if that's. <laughs> what he should be doing. I, I, he'll probably say something about the quarterback. Or like, what, what do you, you know? I, I, but, but you know, Matt Rule chose to have him talk. So yeah, he'll probably say something interesting today. He has a he has a history of doing that. So uh, we'll talk to him, I think, and then Borders, who apparently is a great quote uh, and was the winning point was the points leader on the on the winning competition team. So. Um, that's notable. He needs. He's 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 a big deal, and so is MJ Sherman. Those two players really need to need to uh, have good years, and maybe they will. Sam, we got about a minute here. Um, is there? You know, you, you bring up Thomas Fedoni uh, since we'll be hearing from him. Is there a guy on the roster, whether it's Fedoni or, or somebody else, that feels kind of forgotten that you're interested in seeing this spring? 
Well, Ramir Johnson um, would be one. Uh, Gabe Irvin would be another. Um, Lightning, it's hard to, you know, I don't know. Um, Garrett Snodgrass. Hmm. Want to see if he's back and what he's doing. I think they missed him last year. Um, and he could take that Kolarovic role maybe, you know, maybe being the third guy. Man, um, I think that's going to be taggy. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that would be another one. Um, there's some interesting players in the secondary that we don't yet know a, a ton about. So, you know, I guess we'll we'll learn more about some of them, some of the corners, some of the safeties. Um, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of guys that I think you could you could point out. Um, Ramirez Johnson and Gabe Irvin are near the top of the list for me. Save your bets. Who people have already forgotten about. We'll see what he can do. <laughs> good, good call, <laughs> Sam. Fantastic, man. Looking forward to the the presser today and uh, what what you and the crew come up with, man. Looking forward to it. Same here. Take care. That's our man, Sam McEwen. Back after this with my main man, the other guy, Robbie Lula. Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from seven to ten a.m. Join host Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning seven to ten a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.